right. I've hijacked the podcast here. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, Mulligans and Hackers, season number three, guest episode number two. Uh, we're here with Braxton from The Baseball Golfer. Yes, sir. That's How are you doing, me. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Alvin. Excited hey, to be here. I really appreciate you being here. I appreciate your time. Yeah. So, buddy, um, seeing you around the socials a little bit. Yeah. So, give everybody a little explanation on probably how the baseball golfer started. We'll get yeah. into your other uh, activities after. Yeah, that sounds where did, great. Where did it come from? So, uh, a couple of years ago, it's kind of a funny story. I. Um, <clears throat> I, it was middle of winter. I'm in Utah, so I get cold winters just like you do. Um, early January 2022. Yeah, early January of 2022. I was just missing golf a lot and thinking, you know, what can I do to kind of pick up a hobby with golf in my free time besides just playing um, and I noticed I was trying to go through like my camera roll on my iPhone trying to find all the videos that I had taken over the last few years playing golf. And it was a nightmare trying to just find them. I didn't have them in a special folder or anything. And so I thought, what if I just create an Instagram account for my golf and I'll make it private and it'll just be me that has, I won't really tell anyone about it and I'll just put my videos there. And so I started with that. And I, when it came time to create my little handle on Instagram, I was like, ah, what do I call this thing? And I'm a huge baseball fan. I grew up playing tons of baseball. I love baseball. I was a catcher growing up and uh, thought that I wanted to try to play college ball and see how that could go and all that fun stuff. Um, baseball was my life as a kid. I played, you know, as, as long as there wasn't snow on the ground, we were playing baseball. And even when there was snow on the ground, we were working out in gyms and taking ground balls and throwing bullpens and all that stuff. So I love baseball and thought, well, what if I call it the baseball golfer? Um, that's that's the sophistication <laughs> or lack thereof behind the name, um, and it's you know I kind of thought that because I you know a lot of people when they play golf with me like oh you must have played baseball you see my swing and I kind of have this unorthodox uh, kind of a hacker baseball swing, um, and then you know they play with me like oh wow for a baseball player you can score pretty well you know I'm like yeah so I kind of was already deemed like a baseball golfer um, I just kind of rolled with it and. You know, I thought it'd be kind of fun if I could kind of document all my stuff in an Instagram, maybe do a TikTok if that sounded fun down the road. I didn't really understand that. But if I could just get to a point where I was documenting my progress, right? I think at the time I started it, I was probably like a seven handicap or something. I had really kind of gotten into golf in a serious way um, when I returned home from my LDS mission. So when I was 20 kind of started wanting to play golf at that point it was clear I wasn't going to play college baseball um, but I needed something to just relieve my mind of the stress of being a 20 something year old kid in college you know so I just jumped into it and fell in love with it and then when I got married it kind of slowed down for a bit and then COVID hit and I had nothing else to do so it was like I worked and I played golf and we didn't have kids yet or anything. And so I just dove in. I think at the beginning of COVID, I was probably like a 14 or a 15 handicap and just started kind of chipping away. And, and I, in 2020, I think I got down to about a seven or an eight. 
And then 2022, I didn't make much progress, or 2021, I should say, didn't make much progress. And then by the time 2022 came around, I was down to a seven. So I started this page thinking, I want to get from seven to scratch. That's what this page is going to be. And I'm going to highlight how a baseball golfer can fix his swing and get to scratch. And so um, over the course of the next three to four months, weather started to warm up, started to be able to go play a little bit. I started filming more. And as I was posting, I noticed people besides my immediate family were requesting to follow me on this page. And I, you know, I had it just private still. So I had 50, 60 followers of close family and friends. And then I thought, well, if people are requesting to follow me, maybe I'll take it off of private and see what happens. And it's just been a pretty, not a huge growth, but just a slow and steady growth. And people have related to some of the content that I've put out there. And it's been just a lot of fun. I didn't expect to grow, but I also didn't expect to love the, to love the social aspect of it as much as I have. So it's just been a blast. It's been fun. Yeah, man. Same thing. We're a COVID organization started up during, again, same thing, depression, right? Yep. And again, we're, we're new to golf. So we're only like three years into this. Like full-time we'll say full-time hobby golf and uh just again interacting so on social media this is kind of outside my realm doing these type of things um any of my family and friends would tell you alvin this is just so not you but um (laughs) this is fun fun. so we we chat with a lot of people and the and the people we engage with regularly this is what we want to do just just have a casual chat like this right like what what better way to get content and to introduce ourselves to each other right absolutely this type of medium it's fantastic and again for us for us it's been a slow growth too but you know the fact that i mean we're we're close to 1500 downloads on spotify just kind of blows my mind because i guess for me it's that's more than family and friends yeah right yeah i hear you so it's like okay cool not quite sure how to take it but I mean, that that part of it, that aspect of it will do what it does. But this here, like the chats yeah. we have and the, some of the friendships we've made over the years, just doing this is a lot of yeah. fun, man. And again, yeah. the other side of our golf too, which, you know, is part of it, playing golf in the summer and doing our Mulligans and Hackers Cup and, and those type of things. Um, you know, we don't, you know, I'd love to be able to post more in the summer. But when, yeah. we, go, when we go golfing, we go golfing. And yeah. Who's handling the camera? Well, nobody's handling the camera because we want to golf, right? We're not yeah. we're not single digit handicaps yeah. yet. Chris has got Chris got pretty close. Um, I'm still around the you know 14, 15 type thing. Um, but you know, fuck, what a game. Yeah. And for where I am in my life, you know, like um my kids are gone. Yeah. Uh, so what do I what do you do now? So you go in that you go in that 20 year fog of raising a family, right? And you're yeah. it's hockey arenas and dance recitals and you know, I went through it all for you know the, the 20 year period. So now that we're done, what do you do? You come out yeah. and shake your head, get out of the fog and go, Okay, uh I still got I still got like, you know, thirty years to go here. Well, let's go golfing. Let's go golfing. I mean me and Chris we went and played a few a few rounds before this all started, and and we really enjoyed it. And we were our scores were close, so it was like, you know, who won today type thing. 
So then when COVID hit and we, I got the idea of doing, you know, with my buddies, like, let's, let's do a tour and let's see who wins and let's see, let's have, uh, let's have a trophy. And at the end of it, let's, you know, somebody gets to chase for the cup for the season, all out of FedEx cup. We've got a jacket, right? Yeah. You know, for a major and, and dude, so much fun. And I mean, it, fun. it, it gets you playing. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so for guys, I mean, and I'll bring, I'll ask you this question after, but we don't do lessons. Yeah, but I will tell you, um, our guys are at the range an hour before our tea time. Yeah, they're hitting two large buckets of balls. They're on the yep. uh, they're on the chipping green for 15, 20 minutes, and they're on the putting green for a half an hour before we even go because we want to awesome. beat each other. That's awesome. That's what <laughs> so, it's about. So then you start seeing the progress. Right. You know, and like this year, me and Chris, we had a couple of goals and, you know, I shot my first nine holes under par. That's awesome. Not bad after three years. That's great. Granted, about pretty close to 300 rounds in there in three years. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the stuff that for us is just so much fun. It's just, I mean, we're, we're, you know, it's winter now, not a lot of golf. Uh, you got to find other things like this to occupy your time. Right. So this is what we did. So now you have the baseball golfer cup, correct? So now give us a rundown on how that works. Cause I saw some of your posts on that. Um, and you got a, you got a fairly substantial amount of guys that that are involved in that as well. Yeah, that was, that was something that came to me just early this year, probably in February, again, sitting in my office, looking at the snow out the window, daydreaming about golf when I should be calling clients, you know how it goes, but, (laughs) <laughs> I uh, I was just sitting there one day and thought, man, wouldn't it be fun, just like what you said, you know, to have a forum where me and all my buddies could compete against each other in a game of golf, and we video and document the whole thing. And at first it started as like, what if I do a little tournament and I do it in St. George or some cool destination and I invite eight buddies? Like there's eight of us that go down two, two, four sums, you know, see how it goes. And then I put out some feelers on social media for it just to see who would want to do it. I think I posted a story and I had over a hundred responses saying, yeah, I'm in. And I was like, Oh, I didn't realize I was asking for people to (laughs) volunteer. I was more just trying to gauge interest in some of my friends that I had met through, through Instagram. And and sure enough, I got over 100 responses of people saying I'm in. So what it morphed into really was me saying, well, why don't we create a virtual golf league where anyone in the world, anywhere, anytime can play around and we'll have net scores based off your handicap, accumulate FedEx Cup style points. And in order to make it kind of interesting, in order to be eligible, you have to have a handicap. You also have to commit to playing 10 rounds between April 15th and October 15th. If you play 10 rounds between that time, those are the 10 rounds that you'll count. But you had to let me know, the the commissioner, if you will, of the league, that you were going to count one of your rounds towards your 10. If you didn't let me know ahead of time, it didn't count. And I was thinking, well, let's not let people cherry pick their best rounds, right? I know some of the guys are going to have a hard time hitting 10 rounds. Some of us are going to do 10 rounds in a month. And if we can circulate more rounds and get better scores, that's not necessarily a fair, a fair system, at least so I thought at the time. And so that's kind of what we set out to do. 
Um, I charged everybody a fee to join the league thinking if we can pull together some money, maybe I can buy some, some prizes and some swag for people and just make it kind of fun. So did that ended up getting out of the 100, as you'd expect about half of them bailed uh, about the other half. And then half of the remaining half said, well, yeah, how much is it? And then when I told him, I said, never mind. Right. So yeah, it's like, yeah, for sure. I charged like 125 bucks a person. So it really wasn't bad. I think we ended up with 27 golfers. And of those 27 throughout the course of those six months, that April to October, um, 24 of the 27, I think, finished their 10 rounds. And just last week, we crowned a winner. So we, I, I was a little bit slow after the October 15th deadline, but we announced a winner last week. The winner got a new driver, um, got some, some other swag from Primo, you know, got, I think they got some joggers and things like that. Second place got some, some Primo swag. And then we did a most improved player. So there was a guy that started the year at like a 23 handicap. He's down to a 12 and, and one year of golf. He's just, he's, he fell in love with it. He got obsessed like all of us do. And, he made awesome improvements. And so we gave him a bunch of swag. And what was really cool about it is in addition to the money they paid, I had so many people just willing to help out with it. It became way more work than I thought it would be, you know, inputting scores, putting them in a spreadsheet to calculate their net, their net score to par and how many points I'd equal and keeping a total. We built a website for it. It just required a lot of work, but I had four or five guys just come out and say, let me help you with it. And, and it's grown to, to be great. We have a little YouTube to track it. I don't think it has many subscribers. It was just people in the league. But, you know, what's cool is I have um, a running total of list of people that want to play next year, which is really cool. And that's up around 60 people for next year right now. And so it's just been um, the thing that's fun about it is you don't have to be in Utah to play. You know, you're, you can be we had a guy in the UK in the league and. Like, it's just awesome. He goes out and does what he does. He's going to play. He just shoots me an email says, Hey, I'm counting this round. And here's my score when I'm done. And yeah, man, it's got to be a lot of administrative work and, and something like that. But yeah, yeah. It has been. but it, I think going forward, the thing I'm excited about is um, a few guys in the league kind of offered some good feedback and ways we could improve it. And I've got pretty much a team that's going to run the administrative side of it next year. And I think it'll be just even better going forward. That's awesome. But again, a league like that, like you say, you had a guy from the UK, it actually can be a global league, right? Yeah. Yep. It absolutely can. That's kind of the hope. I'd love for it to get to a point where we could, what I would love is it becomes a league and a social club almost where people are meeting people across the across the world and saying, hey, you know, I have a bucket list to go play in Ireland. Is there anyone in the league in Ireland that can come join us and give me some, some tips to play? You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. the cool part. Like this year, we had a couple guys in Florida. We had a guy in New Jersey. Um, and the guy in New Jersey is like, hey, man, I, I want to come to Utah. I've seen the Golf Digest ads for Sand Hollow and the cool Red Rock, and I want to go. I'm like, yeah, man, let me know when you come. I'll meet you there. We'll go play and I'll spend a few days and just made good friends from it. It's just a cool community. And yeah, like, you know, through what we do, um, just the people that you meet. I mean, we have, we have followers and people we chat with again, same thing all over the world. 
which is kind of crazy to think about uh, yep. people that check out your stuff um fairly regularly from you know countries like germany south yeah. korea like yeah we even speak the same language but yet you know yeah <laughs> we interact as best we can right yeah you have a similar you have a similar interest in and it's cool how yeah it's, golf is a global game like yeah you know i grew up playing hockey right you know hockey you can say hockey is a global game but not everybody around the world's playing hockey all the time like they are like golf is just seems to me personally that global game yep right That's yep i think it's got to be i mean you think about i'm in a lot of ways, I wish, at least in Utah, I wish they'd stop growing the game because it's hard <laughs> to get it to time. But you think about the phrase growing the game. I mean, what COVID did to the game of golf is I feel like the whole social media golfer was not a thing <laughs> before 2020. And yeah, it you know, I, yeah it I believe like, you. I don't, remember, I don't remember seeing, you know, people like Melosi. Right. Melosi is a friend of mine. He's in my league. We've played around together. And I just like Melosi started a little after I did on his page. And think of all the cool things he's posted and people that know him. Right. I mean, it's just he he's created not just him, but this whole golf Instagram world has created an opportunity for you to find really cool people that you would already like to hang out with. And it's like this open community. I could message anybody. And they're going to respond to me and I'm not anything special. It's just the community of playing golf and how cool that is. Like if I, I know if I'm in, you know, if I'm up in BC, I've got three or four guys I could DM on Instagram and be like, yeah, man, I'm playing this day. Come join the foursome. That's just so cool to me. I, yeah, I agree, man. 100%. Um, it's kind of funny because we played, I think it was last year we did our first, our first, we'll say, meetup with somebody from social, and it wasn't even wasn't even uh, a golf group. It was a sneaker group. A couple of guys from the Sneaker Show podcast. He's like, you know, they're from around this area. It's like we should go play around. So we went and played this little uh, scramble best ball type of match, and uh, it's a blast. It's awesome, right? And yeah, I got some bucket list courses too. I'd love to. I'd love to go play St Andrews. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh. That's that's me and Chris have put that on our bucket list that you know yeah. you know in a few years it'll be it'll be in the in the cards that we're gonna do something like that because yeah. I mean the ability to go do something I mean I'd love to play Augusta. No, that's probably, probably not gonna happen. Probably not. Probably it's, not gonna happen. I played it on a simulator, but I'm yeah. probably not gonna be down in Georgia anytime soon. But St. Andrews, yeah, you can go play that course. We absolutely can. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, we like we've traveled a little bit around southern Alberta, southern Saskatchewan, southern BC, and played some courses over the last three years. And that in itself, like you know, we like personally, I like the smaller courses, the more hidden gem type courses. Yep, I'm that same way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and there's a bunch of them around the southern provinces here, the Prairie provinces. Um, you know. We went and played um, Burstall, Saskatchewan. It's a little nine-hole course. Community looks after it. It, it has the pay box, so it's on the yeah, outer system. That's, awesome. that's like, so cool. 
you got to call ahead and they'll they'll put one of the members carts out for you to drive around the course but you, but you show up and it's 40 bucks and you play all day that's so cool i mean so and it's like probably just around an hour away from from us here it's like yeah and we found a, a bunch rolling hills is another little nine hole course that i love to go play um but that's for us like getting into it that way oh yeah. my stellar just that's just so finding cool. all these places but next year is going to be a little different uh we're moving courses next year so we're going our the course we've played for the last three years has been a, uh, a par 66 yeah. shorter shorter course only one par five so next year we're moving to a par 72. we've played it probably a dozen times in the last couple of years last year it was a little bit of an intimidating course for me yeah um again you know just trying to navigate your way around a course and you know don't Absolutely. always have the shots that you need yeah right because again we're new golfers well how the heck goes it doesn't matter if you're new or not that's we're all we all experience finding our shot and you know this past season we've had some really good accomplishments you know chris broke 70 down at the par 66 so he shot a 69 a couple times you know when we play really good we can put up some really good scores so now the next evolution i think is just to move on to a bigger course more yardage um but like you were saying about tea times, when we mentioned to some of our people and a couple of guys who actually have memberships there, uh, there it goes, yeah, it's tough to get tea times there, guys. Yeah. Whereas at the little par 66 that we've played at, we've pretty much had the run of the course for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could go anytime, jump yeah. on the front, jump on the back. I mean, I played 101 rounds last year. Wow. And again, it's just, just you can have a tea time or you can just go down for us and we play 36 in a day and you know just do loops yeah do 18 go get a bite to eat go back to 18. um so much fun so next year is going to be a little different um the tour is going to be a little different next year probably not as schedulized not as not as many dates because myself and chris we have some other things we're going to do next year uh i i joined the uh alberta golf tour that's awesome so again just something else to try I, again i want experiences yeah and now that it's you know i have the time yeah uh, to do these things i really really want to do them and you know they don't the tour doesn't really come south of calgary and we're in this little place called medicine hat it's it's called the forgotten corner because it's in the southeast of alberta and nothing really comes down here yeah so we have to go to it yeah <laughs> that's something we're gonna when we see the schedule we're gonna at least try to commit to a couple of dates and go and play some tournament golf and get that experience right that's awesome we'll still yeah. do our mulligans all and all thing other. that's always going to be there because again we have somebody has to get the jacket somebody has to put the jacket on the other guy um so that'll be there in some aspect but there's going to be awesome. more experiences next year i'm just hoping we can do a little more know video logging of of what we're doing because we did this series this year called uh going for the green yeah we have a bunch of shorts on our yeah so number six at our little par 66 there uh was a really short par four dog leg right um it's like literally 220 to carry it yeah unfortunately it's the the green is hidden behind a big row of trees so you really have to get up so that and you know Um, just content right content for yeah. for the social medias and yeah. you know it was i think i hit that green six times this year so i mean again you yeah. see the progress in your game right it's like 
Yeah. Last year, I couldn't hit that green if my life depended. Right. Right. Not even. It wasn't even like I would hit yeah. a three wood up the fairway because there was no chance I could clear that. I could clear the trees. Right. So yeah. that's cool. The so, progress makes it all fun. Yeah. And I, I hate when the season comes to an end. I'm not going to lie to you. Like it's it, like, it's like starting over. Yeah. It's like I, I have the, I, at least in my house, like in the living room upstairs, I can swing up to swing up to my like seven iron without yeah. you know, taking chunks out of the ceiling. Yeah. So I try and get at least 20 swings in a day. Yeah. You know, and yeah, just just to swing the club, but you're really not working at anything. But yeah, yeah, you don't square it up. You don't know how. You, no, no. Yeah. I tried some of those uh, plastic wiffle balls. Yeah, but I had to go buy my wife a new picture frame on one of the <laughs> pictures. So, uh, no we, we we put that we put that to bed for a little bit here. We can figure something else out. But uh, so yeah, man, that's cool. Um, so we talked about the baseball golf or the baseball cup. So let's talk a little bit about your golf game. Yeah. Did you ever take lessons? I have taken only four lessons in my life. Um, and they've been all in the last 12 months. Nice. So yeah, a uh, buddy of mine that I played baseball with actually, I was a he was a pitcher. He was a senior when I was a sophomore. Good, good dude. Um, didn't play golf um in high school to Myers. He may have played a little bit in high school, but um, ended up playing at a small college in Virginia golf, um, loved golf, didn't know he even played golf and he played at a small college. He transferred, uh, here to Utah at a bigger school and played and he's a pro now. And man, he's remarkable. He's such a good golfer. Um, and I hadn't played golf with him until three or four months ago, probably, but I knew that he was a pro. And so I, I messaged him and said, Hey man, I'd love to just come get some pointers from you. And we hit the simulator and he kind of showed me a few things and I went and worked on them while it was winter and um, then played a little bit in the spring and didn't quite feel right. Noticed I was going back into my habits and messaged him again. We went back and did it again. And, and what, uh, what's ended up happening is I would say like my handicap at the, my handicap at the end of 2022 was a 1.9. It's currently a 2.7, so it's gone up. But um, I think that the 1.9 handicap was very much um, kind of warped, if I'm being honest. I think it was showing more favorable than it was because I was playing a course here in Utah called Thanksgiving Point. It's a difficult course. It's long, um, high slope, high rating, and... Um, but I, 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 it suits my game because I'm a long ball hitter. So I, I, I played Thanksgiving point quite well. So my net scores to par looked really good. So my handicap was kind of heavily favored a little bit. And this year I really branched out on where I played. I played like 14 or 15 brand new courses this year that I haven't ever played. And just that alone in my game kind of brought my, my handicap up a little bit. But I really do feel like I'm a twice as good a golfer right now as I was a year ago. And that's exciting. And I, I really do contribute a lot of it to the lessons I've gotten. Only in the sense that now I know why I mishit a shot when before I didn't know why I was mishitting a shot. So in the middle of a round, I feel like I'm able to adjust and get back on track. 
where before it was like two or three bad rounds, go hit the range, try to figure it out, hit the range again. Finally, it clicks, go back, try to get used to it. Take me five rounds. I was going to ask you, so so like during the golf season, how much work do you put in like on the range before you play, after you play? Good question. I, you know, it it really depends, but I I have a busy career, full-time career. I'm a financial advisor. I'm working a lot trying to be, you know, being young and being a financial advisor requires a lot of hours if I want to be successful. And on top of that, I'm volunteering in my local church and doing things. And and then I have two little girls under two. And so it's busy, you know, and so my typical week, honestly, is I'm working 45 to 50 hours a week. And at my lunch break, I'm going to go hit a bucket of balls two times a week. And luckily, a good way to get new business as a financial advisor is to take people golfing. And so I get to play my golf in a business setting almost exclusively. I was, I, I think I played 40 rounds this year, and I would guess 33 or 34 of the 40 were in a business setting. Um, so a lot of people are like, man, do all you do is golf for work? It's like, no, I play about once a week for work. Um, but that's really about all the playing I do, um, which to me feels like a lot, but when you're in this golf world on Instagram, right, I I don't play near as much as a lot of people do. Um, and so my practice, my routine is, um, I putt at home a lot on just a little rollout putting mat work on my stroke. I have a putting coach. Um, he's amazing and he's helped me a few times as well. So I'm working on my putting stroke. I feel like that's the best part of my game or at least second best part. My drives are probably the best part, but I feel like, you know, really it comes down to because I don't have a ton of time to just go practice whenever I want. My practice sessions are very deliberate and they're very intentional on working on something. And one thing that's really helped me to do that is just having a plan for the week, kind of like, what do I want to conquer Um, for example, you know, I'm really struggling with that 40 to 90 yard shot. It's a feel shot. It's a difficult shot, making consistent contact. It doesn't matter if you're a low handicap or a high handicap. That's just a hard shot in golf, in my opinion. And a lot of it's dependent upon your lie and, and pin location and what flight you need to have. So I would guess more than half of my range time this year was spent working on the 50 to 90 yard shot. I rarely hit my driver except when I'm playing. I don't hit it on the range mainly because if it's not broke, I don't try to fix it. I just have a rhythm. I hit nine out of 10 fairways when I'm playing and I can hit the shape I want usually and it's going to go anywhere from 290 to 320. And I'm good with that. I don't need to practice that. I don't need to work on that. Long irons are pretty, are probably the next thing I practice the most. I would say it's like my wedges and then my four and five and six iron. Seven, eight, nine and pitching wedge. I I love hitting those clubs and feel really good with them. So I guess what it comes down, like if, if I had a one hour range session, I would break it down by 35 minutes on that 40 to 90 yard shot. I would do 15 minutes on my long irons and I do 10 minutes on putting. And that's my, that's my range session. And I do that probably twice a week. 
And, and when I go play, I don't hit the range before and I don't hit the range after I show up, I grab my driver on the first tee box. I take four or five practice swings and I hit, and then I, I just go. That's kind of my rhythm. You know, it kind of makes me mad that you're like a single digit handicap and, and that's the work you put in. Come on, man. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I have a friend who he practices quite a bit more than I do. And he's a good golfer. He's probably an eight or a nine handicap. And on, a, and on any given day, he can beat me. You know, he, we, we kind of go back and forth, but he's, um, he's just a little more unpredictable in his miss. Right. And he was telling me, he, he kind of gets mad too. He's like, man, you don't even practice and you're just so accurate off the tee. And I'm like, I really do believe that if amateur golfers could learn to hit a driver further than 270 yards and straight, their handicap would drop by five to 10 strokes overnight. Well, see, and I can, I can always, like my, fair, my fairways, I can always hit fairways. I'm not the longest driver off the tee. I did gain about, again, I gained about 30 yards on my driver, but I'm still only around um, probably 260, 270. I've gotten it out there 290 a couple of times. Um, not regularly, but I can hit the fairway. Yeah. Um, I, I do find that when I get to that, if I can get, and I, I usually play the game to get myself to a hundred yard shot. No, yeah. so knowing, knowing my yardage off the tee. Yeah. I will, I will hit a, I'll hit a seven iron off the tee. If it gets me to a hundred yards, yeah. out. um, doesn't matter what, doesn't matter if I can go for it or not. I want to get to the hundred yard marker because then my greens and reg will be really good for that round. If yeah. I get inside of that hundred yard marker, I am twenty five percent greens and reg. I, I'm. It's yeah, just so you know. Don't. It's scary. Don't yeah, I'm, I'm. Like I said, I'm a two seven handicap right now, and I think I'm at about fifty percent greens and regulation inside a hundred yards. And and a lot of people be like, then you're not a two point seven handicap. That's always their response. You're not, a, and I'm like, okay, you can think that. But if you come play where I am really good is I don't make two bad shots in a row, right? Like if I'm at 70 yards and I chunk my approach, the next one's chipped in to three or four feet and I'm making the putt. It's, it's not a bit, you know, so like I'm able to play well, despite my, despite my flops, I should say, but I really, a lot of the thing, a controversial opinion, I put this on my story the other day on Instagram and I was shocked the response I said, if you are greater than a 15 handicap, what is the better way to lower your handicap? Increasing distance or improving short game? What would you guess the answer was? Well, I would say improving short game. I think everyone did. I'm the only guy that put getting distance. I really, I really do believe if you're above a 15 handicap, most people I've played with that are above a 15 cannot hit the ball greater than 270 yards. And if they could hit the ball greater than 270 yards, that means they're hitting a pitching wedge on shot two instead of a six iron or seven iron. That's a lot of a difference. The dispersion of miss into a green with a six iron versus a pitching wedge is only half a degree of club open or close, but 20 yard difference that that's why people miss greens. So it's like, to me, I'm like, I feel like the reason I don't, the reason I can score well 
despite only being able to practice a couple days a week is because you're is, is because I'm long and not only am I long, I'm predictable on where it's going to go. I either have a slight miss right or a slight miss left. I don't duck hook or hit a slice. It's I'm going to be in play and off the fairway a couple yards if I'm off, but I'm more than 290 out of 10 times. So for a guy like me, that's in that 14, 15 type handicap. I find now, so, you know, playing as many rounds as I have in the last few years, um, for me, it's when you make that bad shot, say it's off the tee or it's the second shot, your approach shot, the recovery shot. Yeah. You just don't have it. Yeah. It's just not there. If you're, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good out of the sand now. Um, but like, if you're in, if you have obstacles, you got to go over a bunker or say you're off the tee and and you're in a tree line. I know those are hard shots anyways, but we, you're, you're looking at double bogey. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. If if you're out of shape off the tee, um, you know, those those second shots from out of position really add up the scores for a guy like me. Like yeah. I can, I can play, you know, I've had, I've had, you know, spurts this year in, in, where I've gone five pars in a row and then there's a triple bogey because yeah. you weren't in shape off the tee and you're adding those three strokes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I noticed that again, more and more golf you play. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. If I'm going to miss, I'm missing the other way. Yeah. I don't want to be here because if I, if I miss and I'm there and we yeah. had and the course we play at, there's. There's a lot of par threes and we're right-handed golfers and there's no bailout right on the par threes. Yeah. So you, you, you're, you're aiming left. Yeah. Cause it's left side of the green all the time. Because yeah. You're right. Well, you're taking a drop or you're three off the tee, right? <laughs> then you start seeing your game and your score inflate. And we, yeah. we've done it for the last three years. And it just, I mean, you know, you, you're, you're, through nine holes, you're one over, and then you get to number nine. It's a par three, and there's no bailout right, and you're three off the tee. You hit it and three hit the green, and then three putt. Yep. And you're walking off, going, "I'm just going to go home now." <laughs> yeah. Like, why do I love this game? Yeah, I think this game I've had was, this game And then, you, then you'll make the turn, do it, and then on number eighteen, which is a par three as well, you'll hit the green, tap in for par, and and, and you'll go, "Yeah, okay, I'll be back again, maybe today." Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I'm like I said, I. I've seen lots of improvement since COVID. Um, but the one, I guess, frustration I could say about my golf game is this constant taste of par, right? It's like, I know on any given day I can go out and I can shoot one to three over and I can do it at a hard course, but I have not yet shot par or better. And I thought for sure I'd do it this year, and I thought I'd do it several times this year. And I haven't. But it, it's so frustrating because, like I said, I still feel like I'm a better golfer in a big way from where I was last year. And I'm still chasing something, and I feel like I've put in a lot of work. Now, it may not be hours and hours at the range or with a coach and lessons, but I am deliberate about my practice. I've made major swing changes over the last 18 months. I went from having a baseball grip, like 10 fingers holding it like a bat. I now interlock and that took me like four months to get used to. So it's like when I take into account all these different tweaks that I've made and I still haven't 
tasted par. It's like this game is so frustrating. Yeah. You know, among 